Do you believe in alternate universes? You are listening to Delayed Replay. The Improvised Movie Review Podcast. Wink. Everything is fine here. We're all fine. Just sit tight and listen to them talk about the movies they definitely saw. Don't delay. Don't delay. We have to listen right away. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Delayed Replay. I am Steven Schinder, your host, as always. And this is an episode that's kind of different. We normally talk about movies on this podcast, but a good friend of mine suggested that we talk about a particular video game. So this, in the feed, it won't have the traditional numbering. It'll have sort of like... uh, alternate sort of title like maybe extra or bonus or special or something like maybe video game special we'll see what happens but yeah with me on this episode and you may know him from a couple other channel 1138 podcasts maniacal melodies and hype function it's jeffrey white hey steven so good to be here today on delayed replay and I, you know, I'm not as much of a film buff as you are, Stephen, but when I was talking with you about this podcast and the idea of, a, well, just a video game in general to talk about, just because I'm very into the video game industry, so I am incredibly hyped and excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, this was your idea, which is to oh, talk yeah. about Star Wars Episode One Racer Remastered. So, and- yeah, here's the weird thing, Stephen. You know, this game actually originally came out along you know but before its recent release it came out a long time ago in i believe uh 1999 when the episode one the phantom menace came out in theaters and so it was a great way to celebrate the movie and then you know recently within the past year asper and lucasfilm announced a version for playstation 4 and nintendo switch and i we have both had the immense pleasure and excitement we've had um had some good times playing this game recently yeah i played the nintendo 64 version in the early 2000s when i was a kid and that was a lot of fun and what's weird is at that time i was aware of the different planets like there are eight of them but in the years since then i always visualized tatooine and just remembered Racer as only taking place on Tatooine. But playing this remastered version, I was reminded, oh yeah, there are all these other courses that just came back. But I think the remastered version was your first experience with the game. It was. So in 1999, I was just but a wee baby. So I did not have (laughs) the capabilities to play Nintendo 64 at the time. And so, yeah, getting this on PS4 and Switch, this game before recently had not been remastered. Ironically, Stephen, Star Wars Racer Revenge was released on PS4 a few years back. So I was able to play some of that, and that was a lot of fun. But getting back into Racer, 
was something that was quite fascinating to me. And it was always nice to imagine like you're a pod racer because I've always loved that scene in Phantom Menace. And yeah, you also mentioned, Stephen, um, multiple locations and planets that pod racing, it's not just Tatooine, like most people think it is. You remember that scene in episode two, Attack of the Clones in the Outlander Club, the little nightclub thingy that Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Zam, Zam Weasel get into. And um, briefly, they show some TV monitors in the background and there are some sports. And one of them is pod racing that is on, I think it's on like Malastare or some other planet. I forgot which, but I'm like, they show pod racing on other planets and, and all the unique sports. They had this weird chicken football game. Yeah, I, I would do love remember to, that. I would, I, I wish we had a Star Wars game just about that little chicken football thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was like droids playing football or something, right? Something like that. It's sort of. I, I remember them looking like chickens. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, droids have weird designs, so maybe they do look like chickens. I'd have to like zoom in and get a better look at them. Although, if I remember correctly, I don't recall there being any droids in Racer. It's a little, I mean, I, I think there was a, a droid in the loading screen, but not. you can't play as a droid um, in, in a pod race. Is that, is that right, Steven? I don't recall there being a droid character that you can race as. There are hit droids like in between stuff. There was that one scene in Racer that I really enjoyed. Um, you know Ben Quagineris from The Phantom Menace? So he's a playable, you know, as you know, he's a playable character in this game too. And I, I think there was a brief section in Racer that showed his pit droids. And, you know, they're, they're cute and cuddly. We remember them from the Phantom Menace. And um, there's, it was just like this brief little thing with the pit droids um, fixing the pod racer in between laps. And and that, that was a gameplay element I thought was very fascinating, Stephen. Yeah, I like to pretend that Ben Solo was named after Ben Quadraneros rather than Ben. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, let's get even more meta with this. So Obi-Wan Kenobi changed his name to Ben Kenobi because Anakin told him fun stories about Ben Quadraneros and he wanted to idolize him. So that's what happened too, Steven. <laughs> I mean, Anakin does have that Ben Quadraneros poster for some reason. I, I know. <laughs> like when, Whenever we think of Ben Quadraneros, we think about how his pod malfunctioned but for all we know he could usually be a very good racer and that was just like the only bad day he had in his career yeah i a lot of race car drivers are like that if you watch nascar or formula one or whatnot like there are a lot of good professional like they've won champ people have won championships and multiple high profile races and they just all it takes is one accident one little issue during one weird race for it all to blow over you know and but I, I think, you know, I played a little bit as Ben Quadraneros in Racer, and I, I thought his handling was fine. I, um, you would think they would try to put in an Easter egg saying, aha, that's the guy that messed up, but they didn't. And I think that comes down to the high quality of all the pod racers, and, and I think the developers, the original, I forgot who originally developed the game for the 64, but um, what they did was, you know, they treated each racer professionally, like like it was like a professional racing league. And I think the game, while it is an arcade racer, it comes off as that, you know, trying to honor these these awesome racers and characters. And and that, that was something that was really special to me, Stephen. Yeah, it feels very in universe the way they treat the characters like that, which I really appreciate. It actually, ironically, reminds me of another Star Wars experience I've been watching recently. Have you watched Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge? Yeah, I saw the first episodes, which mm -hmm. came out 
last week as of when we're recording this. Yeah. So what was special about that is the same way that's special about Racer is that it treats everything in universe. Like it feels so immersive. Everything in Jedi Temple Challenge, everything on the set is detailed and specific and um, immersive. Like you, It's like you're in Galaxy's Edge. You feel like you're in the Star Wars universe. And I think that's something that's really cool about many of the video games we've gotten. Um, you know, there were, there were some video games that, you know, that they seem like a cash in, pooey, whatever. They're just trying to make money. But a lot of the recent games and, and some of the remastered games coming out for Star Wars, including Racer, um, you know, they improved the graphical fidelity and the, the quality of visual aesthetics in these games. And so what you get is you realize, oh, yeah, I'm in the Star Wars universe. I'm in a friggin' pod race. I can play as Anakin Skywalker or Sebulba or all these other characters. I, we can try to get into how you can unlock some of these characters later. I, I was kind of aggravating, but I digress. Um, but <laughs> the immersive factor was something that was very special. Yeah, definitely. And I thought it was a nice touch how they added in characters saying McClunky every now and then in the race, like oh, just God. as a little nod to the Disney Plus thing. I am. Um, yeah, you go into the, <laughs> the the end credits, dude, and you just have McClunky. I think, was Greedo in this game? I forgot. Or there might have been another yeah. Rodian like him. Well, if he wasn't in the original, then they added him in this remastered one. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that was a nice little touch. I know a lot of people criticized that uh, Dialogues edition in the Disney Plus version of Star Wars A New Hope, but um, I didn't care. I thought it was a cool edition, and I, I like it that this remaster game kind of brought just a little, little Easter egg poking fun at that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, the McClunky scene isn't my preferred version of Oh, the you scene. call it the McClunky scene. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, it just dominates the scene, in my opinion. But it's, I love it for the meme ability that it has. Like, people would, like, put the McClunky quote over different things. And it was just amazing for, for that reason. So, like, I could imagine that the marketing department for, for Lucasfilm is just like, ooh, let's market this even more. <laughs> Although... I think the marketing that they tried to do last month for racist release, dealing with the McClunky thing that you mentioned or that, that we witnessed it, I, I don't think it worked very well because that memes many months old. That meme is from, you know, when the movie came out on Disney plus last year and, and, and that's when everyone was like, Oh, McClunky. It's when star Wars fandom um, pull up a, they, they got all angry and stuff about it. But um, I think doing it now, over six months after um, releasing A New Hope on Disney Plus with McClunky, I don't think it really hits the player base as well as it could have because the meme felt late. Obviously, we noticed it, and we love it. We loved it a lot, Stephen. But um, I don't know if it had that wide-ranging appeal that, that they were really looking for. Yeah, I mean, the fans are like deep into like knowing about the differences and whatnot in the movies will notice it and appreciate it but for i guess casual gamers it might go over their heads but mm -hmm. also i don't know what percentage of casual gamers will go into a remastered very niche game like this like you know it's 
episode one racer it doesn't have as wide of an appeal as say a knights of the old republic mm-hmm. or even a battlefront if that makes or sense. jedi fallen order or anything like that yeah right I think I think that's the underlying risk. I I think Asper they clearly released this game for the fans, for those that want older Star Wars games to come back. Because you know, think of what they've released already. Um, you know, before last month they had uh, last you know, a month before that in April they released Jedi Academy, and then um, a few months before that they released Jedi Outcast. I think that was last September. And so I think Asper's goal is to you know, release these these games that maybe haven't seen the light of day in twenty years. And say, oh yeah, remember these games? You know, we had this unique pod racing game that was recent. Now we recently remastered, so y'all can play it. But I understand your point, Stephen, in that there's there is limited appeal. I mean, we just had all nine episodes. Like, why are we getting something about episode one? You know, like, it's not really the most popular thing in the fandom right now. I love it. I love episode one personally, but you know, not everyone may agree with me. Right, episode one is. One of my least favorites, but wow. I, I still enjoy it. <laughs> like why, I, don't, why don't you like it, man? Why don't you like it, Steven? <laughs> I do like it. It's just, I feel like the, well, for episodes one and two, I feel like the acting could have been better in places and the plot gets more convoluted than it needs to be sometimes. It's like, I feel like there's, a more streamlined way that they could have done this, but not like dumb it down, you know, like, I don't know, but it's like, I'm so used to the movies being the way that they are, that it's like, I don't spend a whole lot of time with the mental exercise of what if the movie had been like this or whatever, you know? Yeah. I think (laughs) to go on a tangent, I think some of us in the fandom, a lot of fans, we get sidetracked by what could the the trope of what could have been. Like I know a few months ago, people were like, "Oh, I wonder what Colin Trevorrow's Duel of the Fates would it be? This is better than Rise of Skywalker." And I'm just like, "Please stop! I, it's not about what could have been. It's about what we had. What's real? What's tangible? What made it past the pre-production phase?" And so. I think that's something that's very fascinating is when people get into that sort of thing. I don't like it personally, but it is what it is, right? You can't control others, right? I do think Duel of the Fates had ideas that would have improved Episode Nine. Like, there are good ideas that they could have taken from both versions and, like, ideas they could have left out from either version that would have made a better film. I don't know. I think something that impressed me to go back on topic is that racer didn't really have a convoluted plot. No, it's pretty much just racing in different locations. So Um, I think that's something that's, that's that I liked about it. Enjoyed personally is that it's simplistic. You can just start the game, you know, you can go right in. You can race as Anakin's pod as, as Anakin's pod racer and just, you can just, play some pod racing it's it's that this pick up and play appeal that a lot of arcade games have and that's something i really loved about racer yeah it's like it's basically you have anakin and you have sebulba and maybe they'll exchange insults but it's not a plot heavy story it's pretty much an arcade game just mm-hmm. get in have fun and like you have these planets like ando prime aquilaris barunda malastair mongaza uvo 4 ordebana tatooine I-, I think in episode one qui-gon even mentions there's pod racing on malastair does he oh yes yeah, he very fast very dangerous as he says 
<laughs> yeah, and I do appreciate how this remastered version adds a few more locations. And it's kind of weird because they didn't market these new locations at all. They just kept them a secret and let the players discover them and talk about them after the fact. I, I, you could argue that Asper, the developer, they really, they really laid out the groundwork and they laid out the foundation for this very podcast. I, if it wasn't for their hard work and not talking about the changes they made, we wouldn't be talking about it right here on this very podcast. Right. Cause like they added, um, I don't know if you've read any of the recent Marvel Star Wars comics, but there's something called Star Wars Annual Number 4, where Luke witnesses a pod race. Like, he's on a mission uh, shortly after A New Hope, and there's this, like, foresty, jungle-ish type of planet called Hradrik, and there's pod racing taking place there. So they added that into this remaster and that's like a very niche thing but they also and this is an example of like cross-marketing synergy i guess they also added castellan uh from star wars resistance and that like whole like you know that racing on that planet and i thought that was a neat time and they even threw in like this arcade game from uh season two and like they add the arcade version Whoa. of it and also the like what it would look like in space and it's in the Vox cluster. <laughs> I don't know if you've gotten that far in resistance. Unfortunately, I've not gotten that far in resistance. I've only made it through a good chunk of season one thus far because I have that on DVD. But I think that's something <laughs> I find so impressive, Steven, is that Resistance, it's making itself known. There were references to Resistance in Rise of Skywalker. And now when Rays are just seeing these little cute little references and whatnot, I, it's nice seeing the lore of Star Wars Resistance expand through various medium media, kind of like how Clone, what Clone Wars and Rebels did. And it's it's a great show. I don't know. I, I, I want to know what happens to the characters, but I got to watch the rest of season one, man. <laughs> right. And... There's also this other thing that was in season one. Uh, Tora has this simulated game called Flight Simulator Squadron, and it also kind of looks like an arcade game type okay, of thing. Okay, Steven, Steven. So <laughs> you say Flight Simulator Squadron. So this is weird for me. So when I hear Flight Simulator, I think of Microsoft Flight Simulator. And, and when you hear Squadron, I'm thinking of Star Wars Squadrons, the upcoming video game from EA Motive. <laughs> So I'm just having two conflating ideas in my head, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of this Flight Simulator Squadron bonus level, there's this shameless plug that says Star Wars Squadrons coming later this year. So that was pretty <laughs> amazing how they did that. Um, what did you think of the Star Wars Squadrons announcement, just real quick? Like, I know you've oh, talked I, about it on Hype Function. Yeah, shameless plug. I Yesterday I recorded an episode with Mr. Chris Siegel, and we were just talking about this game. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I already pre-ordered it on Xbox One because I, I love Star Wars too much. <laughs> and um, I'm happy that EA Motive is making another game. They made the campaign to Battlefront 2. And um, it... It looks to be a smaller game than Jedi Fallen Order and what we've gotten. It's not meant to be like a 100-hour RPG. 
but I am incredibly excited about it. I'm curious to see. There's a small single-player campaign, a story mode. So I'm curious to see what that's going to be about. That'll take place in between Battle of Endor and the Battle of Jakku. So that'd be fascinating. There's confirmed to be cameos from Wedge Antilles and Harris and Dula. And, and there may be more references and stuff. And I'm very excited for that as well. And But yeah, the trailer looked pretty cool. Gameplay's coming in two days at EA Play Live. And I'm super hyped for that. And I am looking forward to this. And also, Stephen, what's also really special is that this game is coming October 2nd in less than four months. It is so close. I want it right now, dude. I'm so hyped. What did, what did you think about the game? Yeah, the trailer looked visually beautiful. And when Hera showed up on screen, I had to pause and rewind and be like, wait, was that her? And it, it's got to be her. Like, I think it's been confirmed and it's great to have her there. Um, I did wonder if the person next to her was Admiral Radis. It wouldn't work with the timeline because hey hey man it could be someone within the same species as admiral radis right it could be someone of the same species or there could be like some sort of opening level that takes place or like for scarif before jumping forward <laughs> a few years because if you know stephen stanton voiced radis in in rogue one and I could just imagine they're just like, oh, let's bring Stephen Stanton back. He's a great voice actor. Stephen's like, yeah, I want to do this. I'm Radis. <laughs> like, no, you're not Radis, but I am. <laughs> so they just kept the voice, but no. It it's sounds not. like Mayberg gets gone. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that too. Yeah, it's Stephen Stanton, man. You know, it's just the, the perils of being a voice actor. You just go into all these different voices. So weird, dude. Was Wedge in the trailer or was that... Wedge was in the trailer. He was clearly seen in the X-Wing cockpit. For squadrons, that is. Okay, yeah, I'll have to look at that later. But yeah, getting back to Racer, I, I, love, I also love the new vehicles that they added. Like, there was one that looks kind of like the Razor Crest, but like a mini version, and they call it the Racer Crest. Yeah. I know. I, I just. <laughs> I know most people when they see these puns in video games, they're just like they roll their eyes. Uh, but when I saw that pun, dude, I laughed my freaking butt off of it. <laughs> it was so funny, dude. It was so great. I also loved the pod that was like pink, and it was called the E Racer, and it looks very much like an E Racer, and it's like. The developers are just having a lot of fun like, remastering this. <laughs> I just, you know, the they might as well call this a re-racer. <laughs> or if you change the pronunciation a little bit, it'll turn into Ridge Racer. Is Ridge Racer a reference? You don't get that reference, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. So it was a meme from Kazi Rai, former CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment. He's now the CEO of Sony Corp unless he just retired. But um, no, at the PlayStation 3 E3 press conference in 2006, he was he was conveying the power of the PSP, announcing the new Ridge Racer game. And nobody was, no, no journalist in the audience was excited about it because it's like, oh, Ridge Racer, we've had it before, whatever. And so he's like, oh, it's Ridge Racer, right? Crickets. Ridge Racer. <laughs> and it was the most cringe one of the most cringeworthy things in the whole press conference. The whole press conference was cringeworthy. Dude, I gotta send you a video. But I, I it would have been it was a missed opportunity for Asper to not call episode one racer re-racer and then maybe say re-racer to kind of try to sound like that meme. 
the the meme potentials, dude. You know, they they they, they had an idea <laughs> with that marketing about that you know that we talked about earlier, but it I another just a missed opportunity here. Yeah, I, I do have alliteration, and I suppose you do too, given the maniacal melodies name. So, so here's the thing: there's nothing maniacal about that podcast. I remember talking with Anthony, my new co-host on that show, after we recorded the episode last Sunday, and he's like, "Dude, I, this isn't maniacal at all." And I'm like, "Dude, that's not the point. The point is that it has such great pronunciation; it rolls off the tongue well, and it looks pretty awesome, I'd say." So I, I stand by the maniacal melodies name. It has that nice. Um, alliteration similar to say a uh, hype function uh, i'd also argue the name delayed replay rolls off the tongue very well I, yeah <laughs> it, it, it's all about the title man <laughs> yeah i saw your post about uh this week's maniacal melodies and his name is anthony perkins is that correct yes he is a fellow clarinet player from the University of Arizona. Um, I just graduated from there, but he's about to be a sophomore there. He's in the clarinet studio. He's a music education major, and he's in the Pride of Arizona marching band. So in the episode that we recorded last Sunday, we talked about just a lot of his experiences with Pride of Arizona and my experiences when I used to be in the band a few years ago. And we kind of reminisced on band and we just, it's often like this where we just ramble and talk about you know, various subject matters. We're creating new segments for it. We're trying some unique things. So I just made social media accounts for Maniacal Melodies. But I'll get into that plug later um, as we wind down the program today. But um, but you've, have you heard of the actor Anthony Perkins? No. Are you playing jokes on me again? Come on. <laughs> no, there's an actor, or there was an actor named Anthony Perkins who played Norman Bates in the Psycho movie. So, you know, maybe that's wow. where the maniacal part comes in, you know? Oh, like it's meta. <laughs> ah, I, I like where your head's at. Okay. I, <laughs> I Wow, I never thought of that. I, I have a good idea to convey to my co-host this weekend. <laughs> yeah. As the podcast is every Sunday night at 10 Eastern on channel 38. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be a fun episode <laughs> yeah i also kind of wonder if ann perkins from parks and rec might have been named after the actor anthony perkins or if that was a coincidence but i don't know like these things might just happen like on coincidence i mean there are other jeffrey whites in the world <laughs> it doesn't mean i was named true. after him <laughs> yeah very true there aren't many stephen schinders though as far as i can tell so Mm -hmm. I don't know what point I was making with that, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So another thing I love about racer remastered is how, like when you turn it on, there's this clip of Darth Vader and he's like, Oh, I am the remaster. And I was just like <laughs> laughing my butt off when I first saw that. So it's like, so hearing Vader breathe at the end of the end credits of the Phantom Menace also has that double meaning. So that, so he, so he had that secret message of him breathing in the movie, but in racer, he just up one ups it right there, right then and there. And it shows you, they really had nice ingenuity and wit to use the awesomeness of Darth Vader. Love it, dude. <laughs> yeah they're, they're really good 
Easter eggs thrown into this. And it's like, uh, it's a reminder of what other parts of Star Wars there are. But of course, it's mostly episode one focus still. So it doesn't overshadow that. But it's still nice that there are all these bonus things that connect to the other parts of the universe. Ken, I mean, I'm a diehard Batman Arkham fan. And Racer evokes the Batman Arkham series, its knack for having unique Easter eggs that reference other parts of their universe. So like in the Batman Arkham series, they reference other stuff in DC comics and other characters and, 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 and the history of the Batman mythos. And, and that's what I love about racer is it has this, um, cause it's in the big star Wars universe and it's very special and it has all these references to other star Wars projects and whatnot. And now with the re racer, the remastered racer, um, we get, <laughs> we get newer references as we've talked about on this very podcast. So I really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I've actually played Arkham Asylum and some of Arkham city. I've been, got to play more. You got to finish city, dude. The story's good. Yeah. I've been meaning for a long time to get back into those games. I just got out of the habit of playing games for a while. Fallen order was like my return to games. Like I had to play that. And of course now the, remastered racer, racer game. <laughs> dude have you also played jedi outcast and jedi academy i have those i remember a few years ago i was like in the beginning of jedi outcast but it got to a point where i got stuck like there was this same console looking thing and i wasn't sure what i was supposed to do and so i just kind of gave up <laughs> as sad as that sounds i understand though same <laughs> I didn't even make it to where Kyle Katarn gets a lightsaber because it's just so easy to get stuck. Yeah, I've played the games that preceded that one, though. So, like, Dark Forces, Dark Forces 2, Jedi Knight, and the Mara Jade one, which is um, Mysteries, Mysteries of the, of the Sith? Sith. Yeah. So, I've played those all the way Yeah, through. I've only played, out of those three, I played Dark Forces, and really good. <laughs> Love it. The Dark Troopers and Boba Fett are super scary in Dark Forces. Oh, man. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's like the combination of the music and also how the graphics look and the sound design. It, it's very Yo. of its time, but it's haunting. Hey, Stephen, speaking of music, uh, I want to talk about real quick the racer music that we heard. Um, I think... Most, if not all, the music was stock foot. It was stock music from episode one. So a lot of the pod racing music, some of the combat themes from the Phantom Menace, and you know a lot of video games in the early Star Wars video games in the early two thousands. It was just used the John Williams music from the prequels and kind of copy paste. I personally love that because you know who doesn't love John Williams' Star Wars music? Top tier stuff. But um, but the music wasn't anything extraordinary to talk about but overall i just want to give a shout out you know john williams's music from episode one you know that was used in racer that's, that's good stuff yeah i do love his music i whenever it comes to the games i do kind of wish that they add some new flavors to it but since this is like an episode one centered arcade style type of game like i don't expect as much of an injection of newer stuff like i expect it to be mainly episode one music so i guess in that regard it met my expectations in that department did you play this on the switch or the ps4 
Yeah, I got on the PS4 because that's also where I got Jedi Outcast and Academy, the other Asper remastered Star Wars games. And um, yeah, because I love the trophies. I, I like unlocking. They didn't have very many trophies in this game, but um, the, but there was some cool stuff, and I was happy to unlock just a few trophies and add them to my big collection of PlayStation trophies. Nice. Yeah, I also played it on the PS4. Well, it's my brother's PS4. I went to visit him and just played the game and then left. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your split screens, well, that was a fun feature. Although I regret, uh, I haven't tried it out myself. I've seen um, a couple other people do it, but um, I need need to experiment more. All right. So, I guess we'll go in uh, final thoughts and then score out of ten. Okay. This is one of those games like Jedi Outcast that I was happy to have returned. Um, to have returned for, for current-gen consoles for PS4 and Nintendo Switch. And I think it was very special to have Racer on on there. And it was it was an f- enjoyable game to play. A lot of great characters that were used. It looked really good. Love hearing the Star Wars music, as we mentioned. And it, it, it gave me some good memories. It reminded me of what I loved about the pod race scene in The Phantom Menace, is that it was actiony, it was fast, it was thrilling, it and it looked beautiful. And it had that thrill that, you know, I mean, a lot of things in you know, Star Wars often has that thrill in space, but pod race pod racing's different. And it's different than the space combat and flying that you see in Star Wars. So it's nice to be able to play as a pod racer. And it I wish I only wish they made more pod racing games. I wish pod racing caught on in a Disney era. Um, with I wish we had more pod racing in movies and shows and whatnot. But who knows? We might have pod racing in Mandalorian later this year. Who knows what's going to happen? But um, I this gives me that itch. It scratches the itch of pod racing, and I hope for more pod racing in the future. Thanks to Racer. So I'm going to give I'm going to give this a solid eight out of ten. It's ironically Metacritic for the original game in 1999 was a 75. It's often what video game critics gave it, but um, I think it was a bit better than that. I enjoyed it a lot. You know, you know, I love Star Wars, Steven, and it's always nice to be immersed in the universe again. So yeah, eight out of 10 for Racer. Wow, that's crazy. It's like you were reading my mind in regards to like what I was going to rate it. Hey, good. Hey, good minds think alike, man. (laughs) Yeah, because I so like eight out of 10 for me, because. Uh, I gravitate more toward the story-driven games, but I do see the merit in having just a fun game like this. Like, you know, I've played racing games like different Mario Karts and Diddy Kong Racing, and they're fun. But, like, there are other games I would put above this because of, like, the story aspects and just being able to do more than just racing. But I do recognize the work that went into updating this and adding those little Easter eggs and whatnot. So yeah, I I give it a solid eight out of 10. Solid. (laughs) As opposed to liquid or gas. Yeah. Yeah. Or plasma. (laughs) (laughs) So if more people play this remastered game, maybe we'll see a spike in interest for more pod racing stuff. Maybe this podcast will provide a renewed interest in the game so that more people will be playing it. All right. So, yeah, go ahead and check out Star Wars Episode One Racer Remastered. And, like, 
it's been out for like a month, so like just there's no ahead. excuse not to get it. <laughs> you got a race to get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine if this game, all these features we talked about, were like advertised and then. Like the game got released a week later and it didn't have those things. Like it, it, I think it's good that the developers went the opposite direction, keeping things under wraps. You know, I honestly, dude, I thought it would have been weirder if they just the the day before the game was supposed to come out, if they were to just delay it by one month. I think it would be weirder, Stephen, if we if we had that scenario. I like the outcome that we got last month instead. I like what we have now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this was a really good little crossover thing between like Channel 1138 podcasts. I feel like I don't mention Channel 1138 enough on here, but yeah, this was like the most ambitious crossover since, I don't know, chocolate and peanut butter to make Reese's or something. Whoa, whoa. I, I don't know <laughs> if I go that far. I... <laughs> Maybe peanut butter and jelly. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're like broadcasting from the very literal Channel 1138 station that exists on ground or in space or whatever, or <laughs> whatever you want to imagine, yeah. listeners. But yeah, where where can people find your stuff? And oh, yeah. feel free to say like something you're hyped for if you want, like just throw a plug for something. Just throw just a little hype factor in there, all right? <laughs> so I host two podcasts right here on channel 1138. One of them is a monthly podcast called Hype Function. That's where I talk about Star Wars video games and superhero films. So a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today apply, like I could talk about this on Hype Function. And um, I with Hype Function, you can check out channel 1138.com slash Hype Function to see all the podcast archive episodes and then the um, I, I've been doing reactions. I did a PlayStation Five reveal reactions with Mr. Chris Siegel, um, and also last Monday I did reactions to Star Wars Squadrons, as I mentioned earlier, also with Chris Siegel. And then um, just a, and then on Thursday I did reactions to EA Play Live gameplay reveal of Star Wars Squadrons and some other EA stuff with their sports titles and whatnot. And so all that's on channel138.com/slash/hypefunction. Um, I also host a, a weekly music podcast every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, live on Channel 1138 is Maniacal Melodies. Me with my co-host, Anthony Perkins. We talk about our musical interests. Um, we just relaunched this. Um, this was originally an interview podcast that I did with my fellow musicians in, um, across the university I used to go to. But now it's turned into a talk show discussion with me and Anthony, and it'll be every Sunday night. Check out channel1138.com slash maniacal melodies to, to see all the episode archives for that podcast. So in addition to that, you can follow Maniacal Melodies on Facebook at Maniacal Melodies. You can follow Maniacal Melodies on Twitter at Maniacal Melody. And um, as for my personal social medias, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Hype Function. Follow me on Instagram at Jeffrey W08. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-W08. And my website is jefferymusic.com. So yeah, lots of cool stuff that I podcasts that I've been making for Channel 38. And I'm very grateful for my my podcasts and for and I'm grateful to you, Stephen, for having me on Delayed Replay. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome.
I'm going to do my hype factors. It's what I do on all my podcasts to talk about what I'm most excited about for the future. And it's going to be Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. They've been releasing a bunch of episodes, this behind-the-scenes documentary series about The Mandalorian. And the next episode is this Friday called Connections. And I am incredibly excited to see what it's going to be about. I, I just recently watched the last episode of, of this series called Score. And it, they talk with Ludwig Gorenson, the composer of Mandalorian. And you see some behind the scenes of his inspirations and the instruments that he uses to create the Mandalorian theme. It's honestly, dude, for any music aficionado or just any Star Wars fan, it's fascinating. It's and I really, really love about his music is that he doesn't try to be like John Williams. He is his own thing. He is his own composing style. And that is, and for Star Wars, that is very unique. So yeah, love Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. So that's my hype factor. And um, what is your? I, I know it's not. It's this isn't my podcast, but I wonder if you have a hype factor too, Stephen. Yeah. So I think right now for me, it's Harley Quinn, the TV show, uh, still got the season finale and the episode that comes before that. So I'm really excited to see what hilarity ensues there and what happens with the characters. So yeah, it's a pretty good show. I recommend it to people. And as for my plugs, you can follow me at Steven Schinder on Twitter and Instagram and Steven Schinder Storytelling on Facebook. Uh, you can find my writing at stevenshinder.com. I have a fantasy horror comedy novel on Amazon called Lemons Loom Like Rain. Maybe listeners will be interested in that. And uh, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can email delayedreplaypodcast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts on uh, this game or movies I've been talked about on the podcast. It'll be like a delayed reply segment. Uh, no one has emailed yet. I don't know why, but that's a perfect name, though. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so yeah, go ahead and send in an email if you want. And next episode, well, it's kind of weird because like this video game special episode will be coming out in between episodes. So we've done the Mulan one, and then. After that, it's supposed to be Spongebob, Sponge on the run. But this episode is canon. Like, even if it does have the numbering, it's still canon. Like, it's like that Rogue One or Solo thing, right? Where it's like in between, but it doesn't have the yeah. episode numbers. Uh, so, yeah, again, thank you for joining me on this episode, Jeffrey. This was fun. Yeah. It was nice to be on here. Thank you for having me. And I hope to be back on sometime in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, without further delay, have a good day. Huh, well, how about that? The cover image for this became the 1,138th photo currently saved to my phone. It's quite an odd coincidence. Another coincidence is a psycho came out 60 years ago today. Who said that? Where are you? Kernan. And on, I will find you.